This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Welcome to the Let's Talk About Vaccinations edition of the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast. Evan Roberts, Mike Biseglia. You may know Mike. He is a part of a wildly popular podcast called The Bad Weather Fans, where Nick fans act like douches and net fans act like classy gentlemen. Is that a, a mm-hmm. proper description of that podcast? Yes, 100% right. I would say you got it spot on. And unfortunately, Nick's have to have an opinion on there, but you said it right. Yeah. Nothing else I, to say. I, mm-hmm. I heard a little bit of your more recent episode. I'd like to comment on it before we get into Please. Kyrie Irving and all that crap. So the Nick fan, Alex, said, isn't it great? Nick's media day. It's so boring. And yet there's a circus with the Nets. And there is a circus with the Nets. And we're going to basically spend the entire podcast talking about that. I accept that. And basically, the Nick fan is so happy that their media day is boring. Well, let me tell the Nick fan, you also have no shot to win an NBA championship, right? Let's just get that out there. So enjoy your boring media day. Enjoy no controversies. And enjoy the fact that your entire month of May and June, it's cleared. You won't have to worry about games. There you go. No, it's spot on. And I I told that to Alex. I said, congrats. You know, your media day was boring. That you got your championship on contentness. And now you can move along. There you have it. And and then the problems will, will, will start where Kemba Walker can't walk. That'll be a problem. Derek Rose, can he recreate everything he did last year? There's a lot to bank on that. Apparently, R.J. Barrett had a growth spurt. I saw people tweeting about that. Maybe Julius Randle just shrunk. That's what I was thinking. You're talking too much, Nick. I've learned too much. The intent wasn't to break them down. It was just to bust some ball. They saw it. There you go. Right. Right. All right. Let me make something clear. All right. I can't. I am vaccinated. Okay, I'm a vaccinated American. That's why I'm allowed to go to Barclays Center. And what I've learned over the last few months is I really don't give a rat's ass if you're vaccinated. That's where I'm at now. Obviously, I care about people I'm around. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you're not vaccinated, there's a chance we may not be hanging out that much. That's my personal freaking decision, right? Mm-hmm. With that said, I don't care that Bradley Beal isn't vaccinated. I don't. I brought this up on the air with Craig. I said to him, how come every NBA player is being asked about being vaccinated and no one's asking the Mets? The Mets never got to 85% vaccination. 
Why are we peppering every effing NBA player with a question about their vaccination status? I don't care. I don't care about how different on the road it is for someone who's vaccinated or not vaccinated. So I want to make something clear before we talk about Kyrie Irving's vaccination status, which which I do care about. And I'll explain. I don't care if someone's vaccinated or not. Now, I understand as a society, we want to have as many people vaccinated. That's true. But I'm also not going to sit here preaching about how people should get vaccinated. I'm not going to guilt people into getting vaccinated. If you get vaccinated, that's great. Now, do you? I, th- that's just my view on this. I wanted to get that out of the way because I am so sick and tired of hearing about, hey, Dwight Howard, are you vaccinated? Who cares if Dwight Howard is vaccinated? Am I, am I, am yeah, well, I crazy? No. Well, the problem is that the NBA, well, not the NBA, the cities and the ordinances with the Knicks and the Nets and, right. and with the Golden State Roars is created this. So if that wasn't intact, and the and this wasn't a rule, then there would be the speculation of is this person, is that person, but it wouldn't have become a topic. And now because that has happened, it's become a talking point where people have asked. I truly do believe that if those did not if that did not happen and we didn't have everything that's gone on with the Warriors and the Nets, and particularly the Nets because of Kyrie now and the Knicks it would have become something similar to baseball where it would not have become a talking point and it would have become a talking point of more about X's and O's, but because of what's happened, that's been highlighted and obviously the epicenters with Kyrie Irving. Right, and look, obviously a Brooklyn Net or a Golden State Warrior or a New York Nick, their vaccination status now matters because it impacts their availability. Now, One thing I still don't know the answer to, and I'm not even sure if the league knows the answer to, because I've read two varying things on this, and that's if road players are allowed to play in Brooklyn at the Garden in Golden State if they're not vaccinated. I read a story on ESPN. In fact, I think you, the one who sent me the link, that said actually road players are allowed to play even if they're unvaccinated. I read another story, this one from Yahoo, that said they're not allowed to play. So I don't know if anybody actually knows the answer to that. Maybe we'll find out when the preseason starts. Maybe we won't. But there is still a lot of uncertainty about the availability of road players because then, yes, it's more relevant. I'd agree. Bradley Beal won't be able to play at Madison Square Garden. That's it's still not as important as Kyrie and Andrew Wiggins. But then, yes, there's a little bit more importance to it because it impacts your availability. But, bro, I don't know. I, I still don't know the answer on road players' availability in those cities. I don't. And that, anno- that annoys me because of consistency. Okay, we're going to put this rule out here, agree or don't agree, but this is the rule that these guys can't play. This is the way we said it. But if a road player comes in that's not vaccinated, he is allowed to play? At this point, it's about player safety. It's about people's safety. So what's the difference in the safety protocol if somebody's coming, like, for example, Bradley Beal, because we know he's not vaccinated, is coming to the Barclays Center and is allowed to play because this is an internal New York rule, but because he's coming from D.C., he's good to go? At this point, I'm like, well, that's bizarre, because if this is about safety and keeping people healthy, and this is your view on how to do it, shouldn't he not be allowed to play? I would say that if that's the case. And he comes in to Barclays Center and plays this. This thing is all messed up. At least keep it consistent yeah. the way that works. That would that would annoy me to no end. That would be bizarre. And then listen, I'm like trying to figure this out, and I'm confused about this. 
Does that mean then if Kyrie Irving went into Madison Square Garden, <laughs> even though it's still in the same city because he's a road player going into MSG, that he would be allowed to play in the Garden but not allowed to play at Barclays Center? That to me makes even – let me like I, I understand it's a little bit of a wacky rule and working around it, but that shouldn't be allowed either. Yeah, that'd be absurd. That'd be absurd. Look, I mean – Personally, I'm a believer that private businesses should make these decisions. I have no problem with a private business saying, hey, look, if you want to shop here, you need to be vaccinated. I have no issue with Madison Square Garden or Barclays Center saying, hey, if you want to come into my arena, you need to be vaccinated. I don't love cities and states or countries necessarily making that decision. That's my own political belief on it. But with that said, I understand that these are the laws. Uh, it sucks. And I'm not offering a, a change to this. I just want to make this clear. It sucks that in a sport in which you're trying to have competitive balance, you do have a different set of rules in New York and in San Francisco than you do in Orlando and Washington. Now, does that mean Adam Silver should ignore the rules of New York City? No, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just making a comment that I think is pretty obvious. It's not ideal that an unvaccinated player for the Brooklyn Nets or the Golden State Warriors is impacted a hell of a lot differently than an unvaccinated player for the Washington Wizards. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I know that Adam Silver isn't going to put his foot down in New York and say, blank you, Kyrie's playing, nor should he. I get it. I, I know the league would probably in a perfect world mandate that every player is vaccinated, but the Players Association is never going to go for it. But I do think it's fair for myself or anyone else to say, hey, this whole situation kind of sucks that in a sport in which you're trying to have balance, you have a different set of rules for different teams. With that said, if that comes across as whining, I don't really care. I guess I'm whining. Now, as far as Kyrie's concerned, I don't know what he's going to do. And I don't think anybody knows what he's going to do. So do you have a prediction <laughs> I mean, this is bizarre that we're talking about it, but hey, we're forced to. Is Kyrie Irving going to get the jab because he wants to play in home games? Or is this going to be a holdout that lasts, you know, the entire season? I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know if it's something changes or if he gets vaccinated, but I do anticipate at some point Kyrie Irving playing basketball in Brooklyn for the Nets. I don't know how we get there. I did see a report from Yahoo today that said teammates are pushing Kyrie Irving to get vaccinated, but it then gets this like such a strange issue because you've got guys with personal beliefs that also are trying to go for a championship that are telling him what they think he, that they, they want him to do because it, it, it impacts them and how they can, how it can help the team. So then it creates this, Bizarre scenario, a cloud over the team. Although I do think because they're so veteran lidden that they'll be a fine and they're going to get through this. And I think ultimately it won't be something that we're talking about in a couple months down the road. So I can't, it's so hard to see and imagine Kyrie Irving getting vaccinated. If he does though, Evan, the this is the way I'll put it. If he does it, he'll get it. He'll never talk about it. It'll never be something that's brought up with the media or, or that the players bring up to the media. He'll just get it. He'll move it along, and that'll be the end of it. And Kevin Durant will get to him as the GM of the Nets and say, Kai, I need you. We need you here to win a championship. If it's going to happen, it's going to be like that. But it won't be pop and circumstance. It won't be Kyrie Irving talking about it. It won't be some big PSA. It'll be he gets it, and then all of a sudden we'll see a Woj bomb going, 
Kyrie Irving's available tonight for the Brooklyn Nets. They play against the Houston Rockets. Wait, wait a minute. He's available. What happened? And then he'd be like, yeah, he got, he got vaccinated. It'll be something like that. And he'll never want to talk about it. I, I was sort of surprised at media day because at media days around the league, like, like I mentioned, everybody was asked, Hey, what's your vaccination status? I was surprised that Kyrie went with the everything's personal, no comment route. I mean, Kyrie yes. Irving is a guy who seems yes. to not really give an F what people think about him. Right. And so Jonathan Isaac and people could think whatever the hell they want about him. Jonathan Isaac laid it down and he explained why he wasn't getting vaccinated. I personally don't care, but okay. Bradley Beal laid it down. He gave his reasons, good reasons or bad reasons. That's for you to determine, but he, he laid it down. I, I really thought, he was going to just put it out there. And yeah, look, I don't know if he believes in the conspiracy that was reported in the Rolling Stone article. And that's the thing people are making jokes about. I don't know if he believes that. I would think that if Kyrie doesn't believe that, though, he would want to go out of his way to say, I don't believe that a chip is inserted and Satan is making a list in a master computer. But I don't right. know. I, I, I figured Kyrie is one of those guys who would just come out and say it. So. I mean, it sucks that I'm sitting here and we're sitting here analyzing everything he did, but A, I was surprised about that. And then the line of just because I'm not available today, I'm not making, I forget how he worded it, but he almost seemed open-ended to what may happen next, which almost led you to think, well, maybe he is getting vaccinated. And it sucks that we're sitting here speculating about everything he said, but that's because he wasn't direct. I mean, that's that's sort of on him and obviously the situation at hand, which is that he needs to be vaccinated to play. So it's forcing you, me and every other net fan to psychoanalyze everything the guy said at this press conference. But I kind of expected Kyrie to just go out there and say, all right, here's the deal. This is why I don't want to be vaccinated. And maybe it was going to be a conspiracy. Maybe it wasn't. But I was sort of surprised he went with the everything's personal route. See, that's the part that's so maddening and confusing is because, like you said, say what you want about Jonathan Isaac. Say what you want about Bradley Beal. At least, at least they were open and said, here's my view on it. This is why I'm not doing it. Agree or disagree, this is the deal. Kyrie Irving took the, you know, I'm, I'm not here. I'm just here so I don't get fined. He didn't answer the question at all. And that's the part where now speculation galore begins to happen. And I'm like, is Kyrie Irving doing this because he wants to play mind games with the media? Does he want people to be freaking out? Does he want people to be talking about him? That he took the route of, you know, I'm a human being at first. I'm a human being first. You don't please ask me that. And I know Malika Andrews asked it. And I know Bruce Beck asked it. And everybody tried to ask it in a different little angle to get him to answer it. And he would not do it. I, I was stunned by that. And I think because... Maybe he did not answer that. There's a glimmer of hope from a basketball standpoint that he didn't put himself out there to say, hey, guys, I did not get vaccinated because my stance is blah, 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 because he did not give his stance. He hid that. But then when he does get vaccinated, if he does, that it makes it easier for that to happen. And there's not this, well, what happened? What changed? You told us on media day that you said Satan and you said this and you said that. Maybe because he never revealed an answer that if he were to get vaccinated, there was there's not going to be let's go back to the tape and ask you what changed. Right. He never gave any answers and he can just and the whole franchise can move on from it. I'm, I'm not even joking. If 
someone had asked him directly about the conspiracy. I'm not even joking. Like, hey, Kyrie Irving, do you believe that Moderna implants a chip in your body? You know, the whole thing. I don't, I don't even know right. the rest of the conspiracy. But like asked him point blank, hey, do you believe that? How would if he answered? He would have just said, I mean, could he, I guess <laughs> I'm trying to say this is, it's a person. I guess you can't answer. It's a personal, but I'm <laughs> trying to I'm give saying. the Kyrie answer. And then as I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't know. I think I, I, the only thing I could think of is it, it obviously can't say that's personal because that's a weird response to it. I think he could say, I'm not going to comment on that. No, I'm just, right. And right. then you could take that as he's not going to comment on that because it's absurd or he's not going to comment on that because he doesn't want to exactly. comment on that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I remember, I forget which coach it was, but there was a coach in the NFL who admitted he cut a guy because he wasn't vaccinated and then tried to walk it back. I forget which NFL coach it was. It may have been Urban Meyer, actually. It may have been Urban Meyer. And he tried to walk it back. And the reason I bring that up is I don't want to trade Kyrie Irving, but I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Not because I'm so mad that he isn't getting vaccinated. I would trade him for Damian Lillard tomorrow. Now, I understand that trade's not on the table, but I would because he's not vaccinated. And again, not because I am just punishing him for not being vaccinated. It's because he can't play home games in New York City. That's not my decision. That wasn't Sean Marks's decision. That's the law of New York City. And what do we always say about availability? Availability is the most important thing. And I don't know what's going to happen. I and mean, we could sit here and speculate and say, oh, no, he'll give in. The players are trying to pressure him. I have no idea. And as great of a player as he is, and he is a great player, that uncertainty would make me deal him tomorrow for a guy that's on his level. Now, with that said, that trade's not out there. I don't think anybody mm -hmm. would trade for Kyrie Irving because of that uncertainty. But did that go through your mind or should we not even think about stuff like that at this point? Well, well it's funny because the national media put together the Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving trade weeks before because the lazy uh, idea was he's a forward that he's a well, he's a guard that could rebound he could help out he could defend bigger bigger players Kyrie Irving he's similar to James Harden and I you said okay this is stupid I can't even give this a second thought now if somebody said okay Kyrie Irving's not going to play in your home games would you make a deal for a Ben Simmons type I still would say no to Ben Simmons but I'd have to seriously consider it and if somebody said the deal was made, I'd feel a lot better about it knowing that this cloud is over the Nets and over Kyrie Irving. Because, yeah, we speculated before, and I said when we started this episode of the podcast, I do think ultimately that Kyrie will be in a Nets uniform in Brooklyn playing games. But that's just me guessing. I have right. no idea. And this is different than anything we've talked about before. This is not Kyrie Irving's got an injury. Kyrie Irving doesn't like his teammates. This is something that's bigger than basketball and bigger than an NBA rule. So we have no freaking clue where it's going to go. So I'd have to seriously consider all trades on the table and think about it if it made sense, because at least you could just remove all this, get a player in that's not as good, but think about it. I wouldn't like to do it. And, but now you'd have to think like Dame Lillard, I would do that even, even regardless yeah but, yeah but i had to think about it look i know that's not the best example that's also not out there and i admit that right. uh, the portland trailblazers aren't doing that it's just you know kyrie irving is a tremendous player and i know we knew what we were getting into when he signed and certainly it was all about kevin durant more than it was kyrie 
But even if he gets vaccinated tomorrow, you know, deep down, there's going to be something else in two months. Like there, there always is something else. And look, I think Kyrie Irving gets a bad rap. I don't think he's a bad guy. He's actually a great guy, and he does a lot of great things that are under the radar without even getting publicity for it. And I think that at times the beating of Kyrie Irving is completely unfair. And I've said that, and you've said that. So I want to make it clear. I don't think he's a bad guy, but two things can be true at the same time. And mm-hmm. the other thing that's also true is that there always seems to be drama. And it's frustrating because I think deep down for you and I and for every other Net fan, you wonder if that drama is going to ultimately cost us from winning an NBA championship. You know, whatever it is, it's something maybe I can't even predict now, but something happens the first week of June and Kyrie says, I'm not playing in the NBA finals. That may sound absurd right now, but it's in the back of my mind. So I'm not saying go shop them and go trade them. I'm just letting you know that that's something that certainly worries me about him. So even when this is sorted out, if this is sorted out, which is no guarantee, I'd lean towards him not playing. Honestly, right now, you ask me, I'd lean towards Kyrie's going to stick to his guns. This is a guy that wanted to shut down the bubble a year ago. Like, I I don't think Kyrie Irving's just going to get peer pressured to to do something he doesn't want to do for whatever reason. So I would think that this is going to be a hindrance throughout the year. The one thing that may change, and I don't know this for certain, is that if the numbers of COVID cases continue to go down, hopefully they do, that very well this rule in New York could be lifted. You know, kind of like how lockdowns were lifted. Is it possible that six months from now there aren't going to be, hey, you got to be, you got to show proof of vaccination to go to a restaurant? I maybe. So that could change. But I don't know about Kyrie changing because if he really believes what he believes, right or wrong, not for me to determine, I'm not convinced that just peer pressure is going to get him to do it. Do you think there's a tipping point where Kevin Durant would go to Sean Marks and go, okay? I want to like, I love Kai, but we need to figure this out from a basketball logistical standpoint. And he says, let's figure something out. Do you think that's ever on the table? No, because I think, look, it seems like they have a great relationship. I think that May and April and June feel so long away. So I don't think these guys are worried about the postseason. And here's the other thing. Let's say Kyrie Irving disappeared, right? Just retired tomorrow and stopped playing basketball. While the Nets wouldn't be championship favorites the way they are today, they'd be in the mix. I mean, Mm -hmm. you could argue maybe they'd still be favorites. I don't know. You know, we saw a non-healthy James Harden at the end of that Eastern Conference semis, but a healthy James Harden and a healthy Kevin Durant and a core that's been improved based on what they did in the offseason? I mean, they're still a legitimate championship contender. So maybe... In the back of Kevin's mind, he's like, yeah, well, if we have Kyrie, great. If not, we can still win an NBA title. The, the, I agree with all of that because I do think they're they're good enough and they have more depth. And yeah, here we are actually talking about basketball for a second, which is kind of fun to say. Like they have the depth. They have a, they have a roster that I feel like has more balance. But it'll be funny because last year, the whole narrative, the whole thing was, all right, the big three, they only played seven games together. Will they be able to turn it on in the playoffs? Will it work in the playoffs? Will it be okay in the playoffs? And it's going to be now the same questions. Now, maybe not as not as scared because of what they showed when they were together against the Bucks in games one and two. They beat Boston, but it was 
they weren't great, but they were obviously far more superior. They could get it done, but it's going to be the same thing. Like Kyrie Harden and, and Durant, how many games did they play together? We <laughs> only saw them in a handful of games, not because Kyrie was hurt, but because he's only allowed to play in this amount of games. So we get to the playoffs and here we go. And then Evan, if this were to continue into the playoffs, could you even oh. imagine what it would be like if Kyrie Irving was only in the road games. I can't yeah. even think of something so bizarre. So, would you then root for not to have home court? <laughs> <laughs> Which I can't, is like a crazy thought. I don't know if it's because I'm just so used to how long the basketball season is. I can't think that far ahead. Like that is, that is so far ahead, not just in terms of Kyrie changing his mind, which I lean towards him not doing. But like I mentioned earlier, just everything changing, you know, the pandemic may be going away, dare I say, even though that may never happen. But rules changing, it's, I don't know, it's just so far away that I can't think about it. I think I would start to think about that in February. I think if we got Mm. to February where Kyrie Irving still wasn't playing home games and the rules in New York City weren't changing, then I would start to say, holy crap, what are we what are we looking at right now? Mm-hmm. But, you know, even if Kyrie does play home games, that question you brought up is going to be a fascinating question. And when we do a season preview podcast, we're both going to predict it, which is, OK, how many games do the big three play in? Because between potential injuries, which Kyrie is usually the one you would question in terms of that. Durant and James Harden, while coming off of injuries, Harden now a few years removed from the uh, Kevin Durant, a few years removed from the Achilles, Harden the hamstring. Mm. Those guys have generally been healthy. It's more been a Kyrie kind of thing. Would it be fascinating to predict? Okay, 82 game season, assuming Kyrie is playing the home games. How many did they play together? Because between off days and injuries and uh, maintenance days, I don't think that number is going to be that high. Sean Marks even admitted that prior to media day when he said we're looking at being ready for the playoffs more than the number one seed. So they clearly would continue that trend of being careful, no doubt. And by the way, they should. The reason they lost to the Bucs, well, the injuries, of course, was the, the first part of it. But the reason the Nets were so good in the regular season, got 48 wins. They got so much production from the bench. Then they got to the playoffs and Kevin Durant was playing every minute. James Harden hobbling around was playing every minute. No production at all from that bench. So that's what they're going to need when they get to the big spots is Millisap's good. LaMarcus Aldridge can play. Cam Thomas has earned the minutes from the regular season that you feel comfortable in the playoffs that he could go out there. Patty Mills is stable. He's somebody that is much better than a Mike James type in a playoff spot where you go, okay, he's been in big spots. He's seen it all. This guy can do it for them because it's they're not going to be together a lot. Kyrie's out, minutes restrictions, guys not playing together, back-to-backs. I mean, the puzzle pieces now, when you thought about it beforehand, and that would have been the big story for the Nets going into this year is, can James Harden stay healthy? We had his last first year with the hamstring injury. Does that come back again? We saw how many games Kevin Durant missed. He was great in the playoffs, but he missed all that time. Kyrie, is he going to disappear? It's like all those narratives that would have been taking center stage have all disappeared because the Kyrie Irving cloud has taken over it with the storm he's created, and no one is even referencing all of that stuff that would have been the big question marks for this Nets team. You know what 
all this has done, and I don't mind admitting this over and over again because it's so freaking true. Thank God they traded for James Harden. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that trade on so many levels I, looks better and better and more important and more important by the day. And one of the things I said really early on, even when I was still angry about the trade, is I said, the one thing that'll help is if he resigns, because then I'm not trading everything we traded for a year and a half for a half a season in a pandemic year. And then, Hey, one year to go at it. And look, I know guys can say one thing and do another Kyrie Irving certainly did it to the Boston Celtics, but James Harden sounds like a guy who's going to resign and I have yeah. every reason to believe he will. And so him resigning and being here long-term is major. I mean, it, it adds to that trade more and more, but the other thing is the uncertainty of Kyrie Irving that, if Kyrie Irving disappears for every home game, if Kyrie Irving takes a personal leave for a month, if Kyrie Irving gets hurt, which unfortunately has been a trend throughout his career, they still have two mega stars. They have two guys you could argue are top five players, definitely mm -hmm. top 10 players. And so as painful as it was at the time, I couldn't have been more wrong. I, I mm -hmm. really couldn't have been. It, it is so essential that they traded for James Harden, not just as protection, but, I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's just, it was so necessary. It's incredible thinking about it. Yeah. If, um, now, who knows how the free agency would have played out differently, I guess, in a lot of different ways. They were over, like, with Dinwiddie or whatever. But if Kyrie's doing this and there's no Harden and you're looking at your offense being Durant and Karis LeVert, you would not have the, you would be, we would all be terrified right now. But knowing you've got the beard, you've got that big security blanket with James Harden giving everybody a nice hug, tucking you in at night, that he's there distributing the basketball, that he's always going to be a bit available for you, minus the hamstring stuff from last year. You feel good knowing the beard is there. And I've done such a 180 on him, Evan, like you. I, I, I when the trade went down, I was disappointed. And the love of seeing the growth of Karras and Jared Allen, we've gone over that a bajillion times, was difficult to see. But now hearing him talk, his interviews, how he played on the court, how he just made like, I, I think at this point, and I'm rambling here because I get excited about James Harden, but the difference of how Nick Claxton looked with James Harden and how Nick Claxton looked without James Harden was just to me an example of how he makes people around him better. And that just gets me so pumped up to see him with a full training camp and a full season as a Brooklyn net. The, the one thing, and we have not ripped him for this, and maybe we shouldn't because of what he did to come back from his injury. And I appreciate it as a fan when he went from out to doubtful to, to in before that game five, he was dreadful in game seven. And look, is it fair to rip him from being dreadful in game seven? Maybe it's not fair to rip him, but I definitely think it's fair to point it out. He was bad. He was one for you know, two for 12 from three, whatever he was. He turned the ball over in some big spots. He was terrible in game seven. And look, the fact he missed time, a hamstring issue, I get all that. But that's on James Harden's resume prior to game seven and that's the thing he's got to eliminate from his resume so as great as he plays in the regular season as important as he is all that's true i'm glad he's a net i want him to re-sign and retire as a net he's got unfinished business not just here in what happened in game seven because i don't put that on him but certainly his legacy prior to that 
with the Houston Rockets. And that is coming up small in big spots. I mean, that's who he is. You want to go back to the bubble? He was one for nine from three in that game seven. I mean, that's just that's just what happened. And obviously, there are plenty of other examples of how bad things went for him. So, look, hopefully the San Antonio game is probably the one that jumps out the most when they lost by 40 that day in game six. But he's got demons he's got to overcome. I mean, that, those are just the facts. But that's why you think back and you go, or hey, if Kyrie Irving's there, the third guy, if James Harden can't overcome those demons, You've got the other blankets, the other security there with Durant. We know what Kevin can do. And then Kyrie's there to pick him up in those spots if James Harden can't get over his mental hump. And at this point in the playoffs for him, there's something mental there because you can't be that good, like that great in the regular season and then get that bad with performances in the playoffs, not counting last year for other circumstances. Yes, he should have shot better, but when he was healthy and could do nothing for his team, those Warriors games, game six and seven, and then the Spurs one you reference, it's like, what is going on there in that brain in those moments? Because you're, I mean, it almost seems so simple, but it's like if James Harden has a brilliant playoffs, the Nets are winning a championship. Yeah, no doubt about it. As simple it. as that is, I, I believe that. You're right. Look, if Kevin Durant's foot size is, I hate to bring this up, but a centimeter smaller, I think they win the NBA title. Or at least, I, I mean, I guess that's easy for me to say now, but I think they beat Atlanta <laughs> and hopefully beat Fiat. Who the hell knows? All I know is it's painful thinking back on it. That, so that's why I'm so glad that the regular season's right around the corner. So could, at least we could have new painful moments as opposed to thinking that's back right. to that June night, that Saturday night in Brooklyn where they lost. So officially, for the record, you're predicting that on Sunday, October 20-something against the Charlotte Hornets, the Brooklyn Nets home opener, Sunday at 4 o'clock, how dopey that is, but whatever, Kyrie Irving will be in the starting lineup for the Brooklyn Nets. That is your prediction. Uh, no, he will not be. I think Kyrie will be back with the Nets, but I think this is going to drag on for like a 5-10 to 10 game period and then you see him around the Thanksgiving time. And don't worry about that Sunday. The Jets and Giants will be combined 0-15, so it won't <laughs> matter. But I think you will you won't see Kyrie initially, but you will see him around Thanksgiving. By the way, one thing I do want to point out, the Brooklyn Nets have a six-game homestand starting with game number three of the season. So they have a lot of home games early on. So if this does Great. drag the first few weeks of the season – he could miss six games right off the top of a 41-game schedule at home, which is, I mean, pretty significant. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a seventh of the schedule, essentially. So uh, I, I hope it gets sorted out, but I'm not confident. I think this is going to be an issue all year long. But either way, basketball's back, baby. Mm. Brooklyn Net basketball is back. Uh, we'll talk soon. I, I do promise that we will do that podcast about Nets victories in history. Kind of got busy and we never got to it, but we will. And we'll also have a Brooklyn Nets season preview where we make predictions and have all sorts of fun and not just predictions on Kyrie Irving's vaccination status and if he's going to play or not. So it will be fun. But you can check out uh, Mike. His Twitter handle is at Mike Delivers Pod. Did I get that right? That's right. That's, That's right. And of course, the great podcast he does every single week, the Bad Weather Fans. 
And you can listen to me with Craig every day, Monday through Friday, two to seven on the fan. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast, vaccination edition.